Hi friends, Bob Landum here, missions pastor at New Vision, at least a little while longer. I am so grateful for the opportunity to share with you some of my favorite verses on the podcast today. Philippians is a great book to find favorites. Philip Robinson and Marilyn Mitchell have already shared some of their favorite verses from Philippians recently. It's a letter of encouragement to a community Paul deeply loved. There's not much dirty laundry, and there's a whole lot of goodness and deep truth. It's a good place to find favorites. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 are some of mine. I'm reading from the New American Standard. Here we go. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, Whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. This passage has been a favorite because it reminds me, it reminds me to refocus my too often troubled mind toward those qualities found in Jesus that lead to the peace of God. It reminds me of his most excellent harmonies that follow when I choose well and dwell on his truth, capital T, not the muddled, broken, short-term, lesser truths that race through my mind throughout the day. You know, left to my own self, left to my own devices, left to my own natural mind with the baggage and influences from a thousand places through 66 plus years, I can be a mess. I mean, my dad was a mess. My personality type under stress is a mess. My insecurities are a mess. Ministry can be a mess, has been many times in 43 years. And staying in, wallowing in, all that mess will kill you. I mean, seriously kill you, literally kill you. This passage has been a clear path out of the toxic messes of my mind for most of my adult life. Not that I haven't wandered back into a mess or created a mess or been assaulted by one, But this passage has always been my go-to to to get out, to get back out. We could invest a podcast, I think, a sermon on each one of the elements of peace and harmony that God has for our mind. But just to illustrate why these verses are so meaningful to me, Paul calls us to consider whatever is true. It's embarrassing to admit how many times I've gotten torqued out of shape, all worked up in my mind over something that was either not true or only partially true. I've been guilty of ascribing motives to someone else that just weren't true. I've reached back into my past to find a failure that would confirm I'm going to fail again, and it's just not true. I've entertained the notion that God is somehow not fully aware of the serious nature of my circumstances. And that is definitely not true. Paul says, dwell on what is true. Fill your mind with truth, scripture, 
life in a vibrant faith community, prayer, serving beyond convenience or comfort, teach us his truth. His truth. God is. God is present. God is good and faithful even in my struggles. God responds in love. God will help me find the right path for this time and these circumstances. God has already done that. There, here it is. There it is. Walk in it, son. These are all true. And I will fare best when I let my mind wander in these deeper, larger truths. And all my untruths or lesser truths just get in the way of discovering his truth. Paul continues by writing, whatever is honorable, that's an older term, and for this, another word might be venerable. It's deeply connected to character. Doing the right thing, the right way, even if no one's looking. Even if you're not looking. It just comes out naturally. It's, it's the basis, the foundation for what we call the honor system. Which only works, by the way, with honorable people. Paul continues, whatever is right, whatever is pure. And we are surrounded today by so much that is neither right nor pure. I guess it's always been this way, but social media sure puts it in our faces, doesn't it? My temptation is to allow that to swirl around in my mind and respond with unrighteousness and impurity. In my mind, I can build a pretty good case for shock and awe rather than right and pure. And then there's whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. The phrase calls me to think on the things I love and hold in highest regard. I've noticed when I'm most muddled in my thinking, the furthest from the mind of God, I've replaced thoughts of those I love and love itself with lesser things, meaner things, the unlovely things that steal joy and give nothing in return. And finally, there are the things of excellence and those that are praiseworthy. I've always been uncomfortable around cynical and negative people. And tragically, I find it's my own generation that has become the cynics and the purveyors of negativity. I mean, we used to be so cool, so laid back. We still know all the words of born to be wild for heaven's sake. What happened? One of my goals this year, one of the things I want to be remembered for, is being an encourager of this next generation and the next two or three generations following mine. I want to help celebrate excellence. I want them to hear words of affirmation from an aging boomer celebrating excellence and the things worthy of praise as others succeed. That's a well-done, good, and faithful servant they can hear now. Paul says, let your mind dwell on these things. Rest your thoughts in these places. I have to admit, most of the turmoil in my head is turmoil I create when I fill the space between my ears with what my wife Cindy calls stinking thinking. I love the way these elements are offered as proven, positive practices of a disciple of Christ. They are the voice of reason and encouragement and experience, not a list of do's and don'ts. They draw me 
to a better way of thinking, not shame me from, for all the bad things I've done or imagined doing in my mind. 2024 will be a year of continuous change and transition for me with lots of opportunities to get lost in stinking thinking. I'm going in, eyes wide open, ready to direct and redirect my mind to dwell on these things every day. I need that peace of God guarding my heart and mind. I believe he'll do that for you too. And in fact, the passage was actually written as a message to an entire church community. What if we all accepted this lovely invitation to dwell on these things that bring the peace of God? Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again tomorrow.